Hello and welcome to this podcast episode by CM Life Science, featuring My Simple Pet Lab and its co-founder and Chief Laboratory Officer, Dennis Schmiel. I'm your host, Owen Chandler, and my focus is partnering with the best talent and companies in the veterinary diagnostic and equipment space. Hi, Dennis. Firstly, thanks for joining me today on this podcast. I'm sure to say you're very busy at the moment, so I really appreciate your time. So for the uninitiated, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and My Simple Pet Lab? Yeah. Uh, Owen, thanks uh, for having me. Excited to uh, be here, uh, especially at this uh, time in um, uh, our our company's uh, life cycle. But uh, yeah, my my background is uh, I'm a veterinarian. I was in uh, doing what you'd imagine veterinarians do. Uh, That was the first um, 13 years of my career. So uh, small animal uh, and uh, exotics, uh, clinical practice uh, in uh, mostly New Hampshire uh, here in the U.S., And um, that got me actually really interested in business. I did uh, an MBA and uh, landed with Zoetis. And that was the second um, uh, phase of my career. Uh, I spent uh, eight plus years uh, in a variety of roles with uh, Zoetis, everything from um, digital innovation, a lot of business adjacency uh, stuff, um, uh, supporting sales in the field, used to uh, speak nationally on a variety of topics just around uh, the veterinary profession. And um, and then uh, my last role was uh, uh, leading the launch of Revolution Plus, which is a, a big um, feline parasiticide here in the US. Uh, I left uh, Zoetis in 2019 to co-found what became My Simple Pet Lab with um, a long, long time uh, a friend of mine, Dr. Nancy Willerton, who's also uh, a veterinarian uh, based in uh, Denver, Colorado, where our lab is. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, quite interesting about the exotic branch that you had before. Um, it's certainly something I like paying attention to in the industry. I know you're not sort of quite there yet doing it with my simple pet lab, but um, yeah, could you talk about that a little bit more? You know, the um, <laughs> challenges there, because I know it has some of its unique points of contact. Yeah, what we're doing is, um, you know, we're, we're focused on dogs and cats right now mm. with the company, but um, I have a love for, um, uh, for, for all animals. And um, <laughs> uh, we, my wife and I have two, um, two uh, indoor rabbits of, of our own. It's kind of like having two little farm animals uh, in your house. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so I want to get to uh, being able to do exotic uh, testing uh, from home, you know, as well. But, you know, we were, um, uh, you know, Nancy and I were really passionate about uh, access and, yeah. um, and I could talk a little bit about this, some of the challenges that, um, especially post COVID that we've mm-hmm. you know seen with um, getting diagnostics done on um, uh, in the veteran profession. And, um, and we were really passionate about trying to find ways to make um, authentic professional tests, a sort of first response tests that veterinarians use every day um, to make that more accessible uh, to pet parents from home uh, so that uh, they could get some of that testing done in advance of uh, getting to the vet with, you know, the goal of, um, you know, getting to, uh, you know, faster, uh, yeah. you know, treatment uh, options. And so we started with uh, stool samples um, to do fecal testing um, and uh, have since launched uh, ear and skin tests and uh, we'll be launching urine tests, um, you know, here pretty soon. So yeah, uh, slowly expanding the portfolio as we go. <laughs> so um, yeah, absolutely. You, you're definitely starting strong with your offering, you know, making sure you're you're doing it right rather than biting off more than you can chew. Um, just can, can you outline why, why you started with, you know, um, ear infections, et cetera, you know, or what was the thinking there? Was it 
by chance or um yeah no these are you know one of the first things that we think about is that, you know what are reasonable samples for uh, mm. pet owners to, to collect uh, from home also what are uh, you know really uh, common what are those most common uh, pet health you know conditions yeah. that pet parents are fighting with and also too what are some of the diagnostics that are um, you know a bit challenging to get done in a timely way um, yeah. in clinic and um, just as, a, as an example with um, stool samples, most stool samples um, are collected from home and pet parents will, you know, walk or, or drive or, you know, take the cab, uh, you know, with their stool sample, their pet stool sample, you know, to the veterinarian. Um, uh, some urine samples are, are, you know, collected that way as well. You know, in, in the case of uh, ear and skin, you know, cytology, which is just, you know, taking a swab, uh, wiping it, um, you know, to collect the discharge from the ear or wiping it on the skin site that's, um, you know, inflamed or irritated. Those are, you know, standard first response tests that, yeah. um, you know, all veterinarians, uh, you know, uh, typically do is the very first thing. Very easy samples, you know, to collect, you know, from home uh, and um, start to get some information as to whether there's, um, you know, say in a skin or near sample, is this, you know, primarily a yeast infection or is it primarily a bacterial infection? Because that um, influences uh, the treatment choice. Is this, is this an antifungal uh, that I'm using for yeast? Is this uh, an antibiotic uh, that I need, you know, for, um, you know, bacteria? Uh, or maybe it's a mixed infection and I need both as a veterinarian to, um, you know, to prescribe. So, you know, there's a kind of a balance there and there's also you know, owing some innovation around um, that sample collection from home and some, you know, research that, uh, you know, we had to do on our side to, um, uh, you know, to feel comfortable with uh, how those samples were collected and, um, uh, you know, and delivered, you know, to the laboratory um, uh, in, a, in a way that, um, you know, we feel uh, you know, comfortable with the, um, you know, results integrity, you know, as an example. So a lot of variables uh, there, um, but you're right, like, we're not trying to bite off too much too fast, like taking them, you know, one at a time, you know, to um, do it, as you said, like in the right way. Uh, so it certainly sounds like you're juggling a lot there. You know, the I, I can definitely see why you've started with what you can. You know, it's allowing you to get those actionable insights, you know, quickly. Um, but, you know, that, that collection is obviously, you know, so important um, to get that. So, you know, you've outlined your... Um, you know, roughly outlined your company offering there, but no, you haven't um, done yourself justice with the uh, amount of accolades <laughs> that you've you know, received. Uh, uh, no less, you, you've just gone through your Series A. So yeah, can you talk me through a little bit more of that, you know, road to getting where you're at right now? Um, and, you know, what this, um, yeah, your process to getting that Series A really. Yeah, uh, thanks. Thanks for asking that. The you know Nancy and I we um, uh, we we self uh, funded the company for the first two years, and mm -hmm. um, there was a lot of building to do. There's a um, you know we're a, uh, a, a you know primarily an animal health technology and logistics company with a vertically integrated uh, reference lab, but uh, there's a lot of tech, and um, and that tech had to um, go from order fulfillment uh, into the home for test activation, precision sample tracking, back to the lab. To build our own uh, laboratory management system, our own limbs uh, system, and um, and then be able to deliver results uh, to a pet owner uh, and to a veterinarian uh, in ways that they both like, you know, want to receive, and um, in ways that they can both, you know, understand. 
And so there's a lot of building um, to do, a lot of logistics um, that are involved, you know, in that, a lot of, uh, you know, research on the lab side. So um, uh, in uh, last year, uh, so we took our, um, we did, we had our, our seed series and, um, and our uh, initial uh, investors who have been uh, amazing supports uh, for us and our company. Um, and with that, uh, we brought in uh, our now CEO and president, uh, Jen Hagnes, who has uh, a full career of experience on uh, the retail side, which is something that Nancy and I didn't have. And we we're trying to bridge, you know, with what we're doing, we're trying to bridge this, you know, direct to pet owner. How do we give them better access, but yeah. also connect them, you know, bridge them back to the veterinarian, but also, um, we work in an integrated way with veterinary practices. So it's a lot to try to, to balance. Um, but with um, with our seed series uh, came Jen and um, and right before that, we uh, were really fortunate to um, win the, um, the grand prize uh, in the Purina yeah. um, Pet Care Innovation Congratulations, Challenge. by the like, way. <laughs> it was a huge competition uh, and, uh, and Purina was wonderful. We had a, a really great experience with them. And then uh, this last year between our seed uh, and our Series A, uh, we were accepted into the um, uh, uh, Target Pet Accelerator Program. Uh, so we went through that with Target, had a, a really great experience, um, a strong relationship now with, um, you know, with Target, you know, more to come in the future there. Yeah. And uh, and then, yes, with um, uh, this year, uh, just a, now uh, just released in the press just, a, you know, maybe, I guess a week ago now, um, uh, uh, we um, completed our, our Series A a raise with um, Companion Fund uh, leading that raise, um, uh, supported also by our, our seed investors. So we're in a really good place, um, you know, at this point in the company's life cycle to continue to um, expand out the technology, build, you know, grow the team and, um, you know, expand uh, our test and care portfolio. Yeah. I mean, you know, being able to, it's no mean feat, you know, securing your seed and then, you know, a year later talking about, you know, moving on from your Series A, you know, it's, it's never easy to secure funding, obviously. But in this, you know, climate, you know, it's definitely um, a, an accolade to mention. So, you know, returning to the industry as a whole, you know, yourself, your wider team, you've been in the space for a long time, you know, you're not just touching yeah. on this. So how have you seen vet meds, you know, more specifically veterinary diagnostics change over the years? You know, I I, um, I I was in vet school in the you know in the mid '90s, and um, so I've been around this profession for a long time, and and so was Nancy, and um, there's been a lot of changes, right? A lot of changes on the pharmacy front, um, you know, where pharmacy, for example, in small animal medicine used to be you know basically a monopoly, you know, where if you needed you know flea tick, um, uh, anything prescription vaccines. Uh, you know, for a, a cat or a dog, you know, you needed to go through, um, uh, you know, your local veterinarian. And, you know, back at the time from that sort of that the way the business model worked is that, um, you know, we used, uh, you know, a higher margin, um, uh, higher margins off of those, you know, products um, in order to subsidize low cost services to have, um, you know, exams that were loss leaders and um, spays and neuters that were loss leaders. But we knew we'd kind of make up, you know, that margin, you know, on with those other products. And that's, you know, changed a lot right now where a lot of those products, 
you know, are much more available uh, to um, to consumers directly through, um, you know, a variety of channels uh, from, you know, big retailers, uh, you know, to small. And, um, and that has improved um, now that the, the supply chains are ironed out and uh, here in the U.S., like those, um, uh, arguably that's, you know, much better for consumers because there's more access, creates some price uh, suppression uh, to make um, not only channel access more available, but also, um, you know, from a pricing standpoint, you know, more accessible to, um, you know, to more pet owners. Um, and those products are still uh you know, many of those products still require, you know, engagement with a veterinarian, which is, uh, you know, of course, a, you know, a good thing. Yeah. And, you know, Nancy and I, we really saw like the diagnostics um, market being set up in a very similar way uh, as pharmacy was uh, back in the in the early 2000s, which is, um, you know, there's uh, 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 most all diagnostics are being done, you know, in clinic or through the clinic. Um, but if we look at human health, right, like that's changed a lot, um, you know, starting with Ancestry in the 90s, 23andMe in the early 2000s, fast forward now to um, everything from Cologuard to Everlywell, uh, Color, uh, you know, coming through COVID, right, it's just like, you know, uh, most everyone has done, a, you know, in in-home COVID test or sent, you know, been part of sending a sample out to a professional laboratory and getting results back uh, directly that then they can share with a virtual or physical physician. And so we really saw that this was an inevitable um, uh, dynamic that would happen on the veterinary side as well. And certainly um, you saw that uh, on with, um, you know, genetics companies like, yeah. um, you know, uh, Embark or, um, you know, with Wisdom Panel is a, is a great example, uh, Base Paws. Um, but, you know, going beyond that uh, as well to other sample types that are, um, you know, the kinds of tests that veterinarians do on a regular basis. And we were really concerned that those tests that, um, you know, were uh, coming out on t into the market weren't tests that, um, as veterinarians, we'd feel comfortable um, accepting either they weren't the right types of tests um, or they were measuring things that didn't make sense or the way in which they were processed, you know, didn't make sense um, or even like the way they were reported didn't make sense. And so we were really passionate about um, and, you know, ended up on this mission to make sure that those tests uh, that were coming out onto the market for pet health um, were authentic, they were professional, they were the right kinds of tests, they were processed in the right ways. And um, and we just felt really strongly that this needed to be, you know, veterinarian led because, yeah. you know, we, we care about our industry and we really want to find ways to improve access, but also be able to um, tie that back to the virtual vet or to the physical vet and, um, you know, improve that connectivity in that way. Yeah. Uh, it's really interesting you say that you know, it goes without saying, you know, COVID's had a huge impact. You know, there's so many startups now all really innovating. Really good to see that it's, you know, seen as, you know, really innovating alongside the human space rather than, you know, playing catch up, which I think you know, a few people viewed it as that. Um, but, right. you know, it's going to sound patronizing for me to say, but sometimes there seems to be the innovation and that self-confidence in those innovative products without even thinking about, the veterinarian um you know sometimes right. it's got to make sense you know a test can be really groundbreaking in what it's doing but if it doesn't make sense you know, commercially um if it doesn't make sense about you know how are we going to use this then you know it, it can fall apart and you know again really repeating what you've said that's been a part of your thought process throughout and 
you can see that so you know you've really touched on it quite a lot but um just to narrow down on it a little bit more i just wanted to understand your unique point of difference in just a little bit more detail yeah yeah we're in in the point of difference may help um you know, make sense when we when we think about the um, you know the veterinary profession today, uh, you know, coming out of COVID, which you know really exacerbated some of the um, uh, the sort of structural problems associated with um, how uh, veterinary operations um, you know uh, support healthcare delivery. Uh, that system, you know, has um, uh, has has a clear capacity problem uh, today, and um, and meaning that. Uh, wait times to get into the clinic uh, skyrocketed over COVID and um, are going to remain problematic for likely a decade. So yeah. It'll take a long time to um, to build up the veterinary workforce to the level that can meet the uh, the demand of today and the demand that's of um, what's uh, expected, um, you know, by 2030. Uh, as well, like because of the capacity problems, we have um, staff that are uh, overwhelmed and overworked. So there's a, a big wellness problem, you know, in the profession. And we're, how diagnostics fits into that is that most samples uh, are collected during that in-clinic uh, visit. And um, and what happens from a diagnostic standpoint when um, a staff is um, uh, is uh, um, overwhelmed, uh, overworked is they start to uh, move into survival mode, right? And just trying to get through the day. And so taking, breathing, pausing, and talking about um, all the sort of recommendations that we know we should make, for example, like, hey, like you really should do, um, you know, a stool test, or you really should, you know, get a urine test done on your cat, you know, once a year, or we should, should, you know, really be drawing blood and doing this blood work. Like those start, those conversations, um, start to uh, start to evaporate, um, or they get shortchanged um, because of the um, of the staff capacity, or you know what happens is that uh, they start to get skipped. Um, and, and probably ear and skin cytologies are great examples of this, where there is no sort of easy way to just take a sample and send it off to a reference lab today, like with a, maybe. Um, a urine or blood work. All those ear and skin cytologies are done in clinic. So in the in the veterinary profession, where you've got um, uh, a capacity problem and overwhelmed uh, staff, uh, they start to uh, move into survival mode and start to shortchange uh, diagnostic recommendations, or they start to skip. A- actually doing the diagnostics um, and making best guesses, right? If I'm yeah. uh, late for an appointment, I still do some clinical practice. If I'm late for an appointment, I got an ear infection. I was like, oh, this kind of looks like a regular ear infection. I may just guess and put, you know, medicate, you know, send the pet home, parent home with medication instead of doing what I know is like the right thing to do, which is a nearsightology, because I know I got to give that to the technician. They've got to um, uh, prep it, dry it, stain it, get it set up under the microscope, look at it under oil, um, give results. I got to report those results in the record, right? And I do that a, a bunch of times over the course of the day. It adds a lot, right? And so, you know, we're looking at, you know, how can, um, we not get in the way of what's happening in the clinic, but how can we start to collect data in advance of the visit, just like in human medicine, right? Like my doctor wants me to have my blood work done before I come in. Yeah. So, because she doesn't want to speculate around about like what my blood work may or may not say, right? She wants to look at my blood work and have a face-to-face conversation um, with the the data and uh, make recommendations off of that data. And as a veterinary profession, that's where we need to go, right? We need to be collecting data in advance of the visit 
And what we also need to do is post-visit, be able to collect data after treatment uh, from home and use that data, that diagnostic data, uh, as part of a conversation to decide whether that uh, pet should be prioritized for a recheck. Because in the old days, we would recheck everything. But yeah. there's not enough capacity to do that now. So veterinarians are having to make choices as to who comes back in for a recheck. And this is a way that on that, uh, by collecting additional data from home, that they can help um, do that. So that's really in a kind of in a nutshell, you know, where we, you know, fit in, not trying to get in the way of the, of the, you know, the big reference labs and samples like being collected in the clinic and moving out, but rather what can be done in advance of the visit, what can be done after the visit and how can that create a better client experience, a better pet experience and a better veterinary team yeah. experience? I mean, yeah, as you said, in a nutshell, um, you know, very descriptive there, you know, sometimes could be a little reductive when, you know, you've only got a certain amount of time to talk about it. But, you know, it, obviously, you know, the data is so central and, you know, making sure you're working around the veterinarian. Um, you know, I, I definitely love the sound of that. Uh, I'm sure a lot of veterinarians do as well. Um, you, know, you, you touched on it there. Definitely want to dig into that a little bit more. You know, the, the namesake of this podcast, as you, uh, you know, put through, you know, a David amongst Goliaths within the veterinary uh, reference lab. Yes. Oligarchy. <laughs> I love that title. I'm definitely going to use that. And... You know, those big reference labs, you know, um, you know, the IDEXs, for example, you, you, you're not a company that's looking to steal the business off them. You're looking to work around them. You know, we had a conversation about, you know, you're doing tests that will actually support what they're doing. And I found that really interesting. You know, I'm sure there's other companies doing similar things, but, you know, you seem to have a very clear idea of that. So, you know, can you talk to me a little bit more about, your you know insight into competing with the market leaders um and then you know do you think the post-pandemic space is you know more conducive to startups or you know less so it's <laughs> a good question I'll, I'll say for us like you know the uh, we launched in covid and mm -hmm. um and, th and that, that provided some headwinds uh, for us actually that was like um made it uh, more challenging but yeah coming out of COVID and the, you know, and the change in dynamics that, you know, some of which I've, I've talked about here, um, it's certainly been now tailwinds uh, for us, which, um, which we like, but you're right. Like, uh, you know, the, um, there's been a lot of consolidation in veterinary medicine, you know, is, um, you know, we're all, we're all aware of and, um, but what you may, uh, the audience may or may not be aware of is like the consolidation that also took place in the veterinary reference lab uh, space. There sort of used to be like big players, you know, mid-tier players, and then, um, you know, smaller players. And most um, most of those mid-tier players uh, all uh, were um, uh, acquired uh, by the, uh, you know, by the big players, essentially IDEX, um, you know, Mars and, um, and Zoetis. Uh, and so those are really the, you know, the, the big uh, diagnostic reference companies, like, you know, the big three and, you know, most all samples that are not done through, um, not done in clinic, meaning benchtop, uh, are done um, uh, through one of those uh, three um, companies through their reference uh, labs. Um, and there's a, there's a few, there's a, a few, um, you know, smaller players out there, a lot of university labs and things, but most veterinarians, if, if they're using, um, if they're, whatever they're not doing benchtop, it's, it's going out to an IDEX and Antech yeah. or a, um, a Zoetis. So yeah. for us, you know, we're really interested in, um, you know, those, you know, 
blue ocean spaces there in in diagnostics really trying to find like all right like where are the gaps and some of which you know i've talked about here which is really you know pre and, and post visit take cytologies for example like ear and skin cytologies like the reference labs actually don't do those like they don't actually offer uh, those services. Um, so all those are done uh, in uh, clinic. So those are uh, great examples of, you know, tests that are, you know, not competing at all with, you know, an IDEX and Antec, you know, or a Zoetis because they don't do them. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, fecals and, and urines, you know, our feeling is that if we can get, um, you know, fecals done, you know, um, uh, next year when we launch urines, uh, urines done, you know, in advance uh, of these visits, uh, we can help veterinarians um, have better conversations um, around that data and those better conversations because they have that data face to face with people, which is always better than, you know, trying to do it over the phone um, or doing over email or, or texting. Um, but in having those face to face conversations that will lead to additional um, uh, sensible diagnostics, which will be drawn in clinic. Uh, right. So if if there's an abnormality on, say, um, a urine sample uh, that comes in in advance of the visit, it's very possible then that that gives the veterinarian an ability to say, OK, like this is what those um, you know first response testing results look like. Now we need to do this follow up test. Um, you know, maybe we need to do a culture or, you know, maybe we need to double check, you know, an anomaly. And so um, this is a, the way I would look at it is that. Um, right now, today, the, um, the size of the diagnostic market is bottlenecked by the profession because of the capacity issues. There's only so many clinics and there's only so many pets that they can see um, at a clinic over the course of a year. If we start to think about diagnostics outside of the clinic, you know, from home, we can start to increase the size of that pie. Um, generate better connections to veterinarians and those better connections will lead to all sorts of additional, you know, diagnostics, you know, for the right reasons. So if we're not testing, right, if we're not getting the samples, uh, think of all the samples that pet owners are supposed to bring in, all those stool samples that never come in, right? Those, and if we never test, like we never know, right? And, um, and there's all sorts of conditions that go, you know, unnoticed. So we really see, you know, opportunities to, um, you know, work in, in partnerships, you know, with um, the larger labs and, um, you know, uh, our use of, you know, technology is, it's very blue ocean yeah. in terms of, um, you know, how we can, you know, better connect with pet owners and, um, you know, allow them to do testing that, um, you know, leads them back, you know, to their veterinarian. Yeah. I, I mean, what you mentioned in there, you know, really expanding that, you know, market size, you know, really good perspective actually on the bottleneck. You know, I haven't sort of viewed it that way. Um but, you know, when you're expanding that bottleneck, you know, you, obviously the, the great thing is increasing, you know, the amount of business you're going to get at the end of the day. But, you know, I, I know yourself, you know, dealing with that issue of actually how do we cope with that interest, uh, that business. And, you know, that's, you know, really neatly segues me on to, you know, your Series A again. You know, what what what's next for that? You know, it's not just going to, you know, sit there, you're going to use it. And, you know, one of the key things you mentioned is, is really building out your lab offering, making sure you can really stick to that, you know, quick, rapid, you know, quality uh, diagnostic. So, yeah, can you tell me a little bit more about, you know, y your plans for that? Yeah, like our, our um, thing, thanks, Owen. The, our, our Series A is, you know, intended, you know, for, you know, a number of things. And, um, you know, outside of like the, the standard stuff of, you know, 
building the team, you know, building out, uh, you know, more uh, sort of features and um, testing compliance journeys and other things that are sort of natural evolutions of, um, you know, of tech and also uh, um, integrations with, um, you know, new partners on the veterinary side. It's um, it, it's also about, um, you know, being able to uh, expand the portfolio, you know, as you said, in, in the right ways. And some of that expansion is with uh, with new sample types like like urine, and, um, and some of the innovation that comes around getting urine back to the lab in a in a high integrity way. Uh, but also, um, you know, what we uh, you know offer the lab. We're not we're not intending to be all things for all people, like an IDEX or an Antec. We're not trying to do every test like under the sun. But we focus in um, a very sort of gold standard and, and oftentimes academic sort of way in the way we process samples. So um, our, our head, um, our, uh, our lead uh, lab manager comes from uh, an academic uh, background. And, um, and so we're very keen on um, t- uh, processing samples in, um, in the best way. Uh, possible, but also um, our volume is increasing uh, significantly, and so we've got to balance that with um, you know with high volume um, operations. And so some of the Series A is to um, is to help uh, support those operations as well. We're actually moving our lab location, you know, in Denver to um, to a larger uh, facility that will. Um, you know, allow us to, uh, you know, expand uh, operations further. Um, and as well, like the, um, you know, what, once we have a sample, the various things that we can do with that, there's, you know, lots of new, um, you know, diagnostics innovations, um, uh, things, for example, that are replacing, you know, kind of tr- traditional culture sensitivity, for example, with PCR um, and uh, in AI. There's lots of things now that, um, lots of technology that, other companies are um, are, uh, are are manufacturing, producing that we're blending into um, you know our laboratory operations and tying that into the larger you know technology platform. As an as an example, you know we do um, uh, we take a very evidence based approach to um, test reporting, and so if we find something under the microscope. Uh, we photograph it and we include that on the pet owner's report. You know, for the veterinarian, nice, uh, we want yeah. people to see what we're seeing. And as we get increasingly uh, sophisticated with that, the image quality quality improves. The number of photos, you know, gets what we can start taking photographs of gets gets better. So there's a lot of um, there's a lot of runway there uh, for some you know really cool stuff. Like you know, we imagine a world where when a pet owner gets a report, it doesn't look like the you know the kind of classic report that a veterinarian gets it's a sort of very like boring black and white sort of, but something really a lot more dynamic right yeah something with you know images and you know and um uh, a level of uh you know understanding you know for that pet parent that really helps them see the value of that test and um it helps them engage in you know good uh discussions with their veterinarian for next steps you know one thing we spoke about when setting up this podcast you know we really want to talk about the wider market you know, as well as your place within it you know you, you mentioned a few companies uh when we first connected about this that you, you sort of want to talk about you know i think fetch dx is an interesting one there you know with what they're doing with being accountable yeah. to the pet parent um yeah so i just wanted to you know, open the avenue up for you to sort of talk a little bit more about those companies actually and you know discuss that yeah, you know, we're, it's, it's great. Like I, I get excited about, um, you know, what's happening in the diagnostic space uh, beyond what, um, you know, my simple pet lab, you know, is doing. And, um, and um, Ed with, um, with, with FetchDX is, he's got some great science um, that, that uh, QSM technology is, um, 
is really, really interesting. Um, and, and there's other companies out there uh, too. Um, there's a, a small Canadian uh, company uh, called Kidney Check. They've got a really cool um, saliva uh, test for yeah. uh, cats and dogs um, as a uh, early is indicator CKD? of- um, Is the- uh, Yeah, think, can, yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah, chronic kidney disease. Yeah, you bet. Um, uh, so they've got some really cool stuff. Plus, of course, everything that's happening on the genetics uh, side with, um, mm. you know, um, you know, our friends at Mars and uh, Embark and, and Base Paws, and also like on the microbiome side too, with, um, you know, animal biome. You know, uh, um, uh, you know, excellent. Like just they're you know, not only um, you know contributing like commercially to try to help pets with you know unique. Um, you know, test types, but they're also contributing to the, um, to the academic, you know, literature, you know, as well. And we're learning a lot, um, you know, from these companies about, uh, you know, pet health. It, and so, you know, from, you know, from my standpoint, like these, you know, different companies, like o- over time, we'll likely find ways to sort of integrate, you know, work yeah. together, you know, share offerings um, and, um, and, you know, better create those connections between, you know, veterinarians, uh, you know, and, um, and pet owners. Yeah. I mean, uh, ba- uh, ba- I'm diagnostics, they're, they're another one doing um, the, the, um, uh, um, was AC1, you know, testing. Got, I could go on and on. Like there's, um, there's, there's a lot of cool stuff happening. Yeah, absolutely. It may be me po- painting a bit of a rosy picture, but it's a small industry. You know, everyone knows everyone. You know, it feels like everyone I connect on LinkedIn, you're a mutual connection. And it'd be amazing for a community, really, to pull together. And, you know, um, because all these products, you know, Animal Biome, you know, looking at the gut microbiome, kidney check, uh, Fetch GX are all doing different things. Um, you know, th- there's no reason these companies can't coexist together, uh, which definitely seems to be the, you know, the mindset you're going for, at least with the bigger um, players. So, you know, to really wrap up, you know, we're facing 2023, you know, going into the new year and the weird and wonderful things that are probably going to face the world. You know, <laughs> what's next for you guys? You know, anything you can uh, share us with right now? Or is it a... Uh, a case of staying tuned. <laughs> um, we have, um, uh, 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 you know, we're a, we're a, a, a test and care company from home, and um, and I've you know spent um, you know today talking mostly about tests um, and not about care, but uh, in 2023 uh, we've got. Uh, a lot of innovation coming around uh, the care side um, that uh, will uh, be uh, synergistic with tests and also um, create um, even more ways to um, help uh, pet owners uh, uh, take care of cat pets from home during those days um, before they get uh, to the veterinarian and using that as a way to help um, uh, pet owners uh, engage uh, with veterinarians. So we've got a lot of innovation around the care side uh, yeah. of our business that um, will come out in 2023 plus um, urine tests and, um, you know, uh, and partnerships uh, as well. So uh, we've got our hands uh, full, which is, um, which is a really good thing. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And hopefully you'll be able to fit in some downtime amongst all of that. Um, <laughs> I believe as of recording this, it's Thanksgiving tomorrow. So um, right. Yeah, yes. hopefully you've remembered to get that time off. But um, <laughs> honestly, Dennis, it's always good talking to you. Uh, thanks for your insights into My Simple Pet Lab and the work you guys are doing, um, you know, and especially your insights into the wider industry. You know, I really appreciate it. As I said, I, I know you're busy. 
Owen, thanks so much. I'm really glad to uh, chat with you today. Thanks for having me. So that was my conversation with Dennis Schmiel, co-founder and chief laboratory officer of My Simple Pet Lab. I'd like to thank Dennis again for his time today and the insight he provided on this fascinating topic. I hope anyone interested in veterinary diagnostics or hearing from thought leaders in the space will gain some valuable perspectives here. Subscribe to CM Conversations today for more insights on exciting topics and thought leaders from across the life science industry. Thanks again. I've been your host, Owen Chandler.